Welcome everyone to the Retail Corner Podcast from Proxima 360. The purpose of our podcast is to bring a relaxed and educational environment to discuss the current retail landscape, best of breed products, and retail business best practices. You will always find us talking with business users, technical resources, and retail experts on how they are and where they are headed. Corner Podcast. Today we have with you guys the co-founders of Sparkplug. Uh, with me, I have Jack, Jacob Levin and Andrew Duffy. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Doing On, great, yeah. Thank you so much for being with us. So uh, I'll give the floor whoever wants to start, but can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, what is Sparkplug, right? How, how What a service do you guys offer? What exactly it is? And then we'll talk a little bit more about how you guys got started, the story behind it. I know you guys are Harvard graduates, so that in itself is a very big accomplishment. So congratulations to both of you guys for that. Uh, but yeah, if one of you can tell me a little bit more, what is Sparkplug for our audience so that they know and they have a better understanding? I can dive in on that. Um, Sparkplug is a platform that allows retailers, restaurants, and the vendors that sell products into those retailers and restaurants to incentivize point of sale employees, frontline workers like servers or retail sales associates to sell more product by giving them cash rewards, commissions, contests, goals, whatever structure you want, uh, you can use Sparkplug to incentivize those employees to sell more, succeed more, ultimately take home more pay um, by, uh, you know, performing more effectively in the business. Wow. That sounds phenomenal. And I know that's a very big challenge for a lot of retailers out there, right? I've, I've been in corporate us for, for quite some time and always the commission department, right? I think a lot of retail companies have actually evaporated the, the commission area because of how difficult it was to keep track of it right within their point of sale system, or even to compete when e-commerce really has been growing in the past 10 years. How do I give those sales to the e-commerce department versus my point, right? My brick and mortar employees. So how are you guys, how, what makes your technology different that is able to leverage or close that gap? Yeah, I think the most uh, important part of how we're kind of able to reduce that friction and, um, you know, make it easy from an administrative standpoint, because you're exactly right. Uh, we never have to convince anyone that it's impactful to motivate your frontline sellers to, be aligned with uh, with the growth of the business and to sell more product. It really comes down to the challenge and the kind of cost and time of managing a program. Um, so Sparkplug integrates with a point of sale system at these stores. We integrate with almost 30 point of sale systems. Every time an employee makes a sale, they are typically logging in to their, with their kind of unique ID and cashing a customer out or they're at the counter and, and bring someone up. Um, and the point of sales do a pretty great job of, of giving uh, each employee attribution for, for those sales. So Sparkplug really puts that data to work in a really uh, use case specific way, powering all sorts of these um, gamified contests and commissions um, and, and making it really accessible to the employees. That visibility really can't be overstated. Um, it, you kind of uh, think about the types of questions a manager gets all day when they're kind of running one of these programs themselves. And it's like, what place am I in? How much have I sold? Uh, who's winning um, yeah. and it really makes that, <laughs> makes that so easy by democratizing that visibility and, and giving employees kind of real-time stats on what they can do to improve and, and ultimately how they can earn more at the end of the day. And, and I think also, as I'm thinking about it and talking to you guys, I'm very excited about it because I think 
and I'm sure you already have thought of this, but you can also leverage this information for the merchandise department, right? For your buyers and your allocators to see, hey, what product, great, you're incentivizing the employees, but at the same time, what products are really moving, right? Versus what we expect versus what's actually happening. And, and for those departments to actually take better action, right? In, in repurchasing and replenishment, the right merchandise. Because I think it can definitely be leveraged for that. I don't know if you agree or if I'm going a little bananas. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, it's something we see really often. Um, uh, businesses who need to move some extra product, they're overstocked. I mean, how many businesses aren't overstocked with some products these days? And um, the it's real attractive to just put something on a 40% discount and just move it and get it at the door. But you ultimately are just training customers to be less loyal and to be, and to be so price sensitive and hold out for that next discount. Um, whereas with incentives as a tool to drive sell through, um, you can kind of maintain the value of the brand and the product uh, while also kind of investing in the sell through and moving the product and kind of freeing up the, the inventory bandwidth. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think as, as you guys were developing this, right, I'll, I'll take it back a little bit before we go further into it. How did this come about, right? What, what made you guys come together and say, hey, this is what we want to do? Was it an accident or was it pre-planned or maybe another project that grew into this? I would call it a series of happy accidents that in retrospect sounds like a plan when you string it together in the right order. <laughs> um, you know, Jake and I became very close friends as undergrads at Harvard. We were both studying behavioral science in different ways. Um, him more at the kind of population scale with governments, me more in the economics world of behavioral act. So we were both always fascinated by how do you create the right incentives and the right systems to get people to execute on behaviors that are ultimately good for them and, and good for everybody. Um, we both went into the finance world, which was, you know, as many experiences in the finance world, a little bit of a, a dark chapter, but um, we both got even deeper into that, that interest set there. Um, I was working at a hedge fund doing a lot of labor economics research. Jake was working in private equity focused on, you know, consumer products. So we're learning more and more about the fact that, you know, as we've really addressed with Sparkplug, there's this big gap in the ability to drive more sales in physical environments via the employee. Um, it's one of the most effective channels, but it's one of the least scalable today, unless you're using a platform like Sparkplug. And we ultimately created the kind of nuts and bolts and features of Sparkplug that are the most impactful today because of our experience starting our own CPG company. Um, so after we left our roles in finance, we started a, a tea company. Um, and that tea company was a luxury product at a luxury price point. And we sold it in grocery, like sprouts. We sold it in you know spas, salons, these very experiential high-touch environments. And in trying to manage our business across all of those different environments, we saw two really, really huge gaps. One was the inability to get that employee excited at scale, um, which when we would go into the salon or the spa and say to the masseuse or the hairdresser or the technician, hey, recommend this tea that's in the gift shop. It's really great. You'll really like it. Try it out. Here you go. Here's a little bit more about it. Uh, we'd see sales absolutely skyrocket. But we didn't really have the time to go into every single salon and spa that we worked with to, to make sure that those folks were excited about it. Um, mm -hmm. And then on the flip side, working in these bigger box like grocery environments, there was a total lack of visibility and coordination around what was actually working in the store. Um, you know, we would sell a big uh, first order into a grocery environment. And then while we're waiting 30, 60, 90 days for them to send their payment, they're sending us bills for what we owe in promotions and chargebacks and all these different things. Yeah. That to Real us felt like, yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It feels like we're just tossing money into a money pit. We don't know if that money's actually doing anything. And, you know, we don't have any data to back that up. Um, so those two things became really the pillars of Sparkplug for us. The data visibility, the infrastructure, plugging into the point of sale to give a brand visibility to what's happening. And then the incentives, getting employees excited about selling particular products by rewarding them for it and getting them aligned with it and making them feel like they have some skin in the game. Um, so combining those two was ultimately, I think, the kind of light bulb moment for us that that turned Sparkplug into a reality. And, and I am sure a lot of psychology, right, went behind this, right? Because a lot, a lot of times I feel, and, and you know, having been in management for many years, it's not enough. The money is not enough always to incentivize somebody, right? It, it, it has to be bigger than the money. It has to give that employee, that individual, a larger purpose into selling that product and into being proud of that brand that they're representing, right? So how do you guys leverage all the knowledge that you acquired, obviously, in college and those psychology aspects and kind of plug them into Sparkplug, you know? I think there are a couple of really key um ideas that we took away from our experience in the behavioral science world that deployed directly into Sparkplug. Um, and candidly, like most impactful ideas, they're relatively simple. Um, mm -hmm. The really key sort of structural ideas are, are quite basic. Um, and those are oriented around things like, if you want people to participate in something, particularly if they're busy people, the friction to participate has to be near zero. Um, so it was a big design principle for us when we first started Sparkplug and to today that the experience of the employee has to be absolutely frictionless and so enjoyable and so intuitive for them. Um, otherwise, even if you're offering the money, it's not going to be worth their time or their effort because money today is, uh, you know, second only to attention in terms of value. So their attention is already very valuable. They're going to be putting it in lots of places. You got to command that. Um, the second piece of the puzzle is about how you reward people and how do you reward people to make sure that those behaviors will be as durable as possible. So some of our understanding around intermittent reward systems, essentially the same philosophy that goes into uh, the construction of a slot machine goes into the construction of an incentive campaign where you want to reward them intermittently based on different structures of rewards, different ways of getting value, having them flex different muscles to actually sell to a particular goal, but changing up that goal and the way they get rewarded for it consistently maintains their attention, gets them excited. And then the last piece, um, which I think is a really critical one, is around reducing uh, fatigue for the customer as they enter the store. So leveraging and training the employees to make customers more satisfied with the decisions that they make rather than giving them more decisions to make. Um, so that's something that in incorporating things like training into the platform and in making these really targeted campaigns, we've given these employees the ability to be kind of a better support to making that a really enjoyable experience for the customer. Um, so there's lots more to it, but those are some of the ones that really you know started us off on the journey. Yeah, some of the key elements. No, that sounds phenomenal. And, and I think one of the things I want to ask you guys, and maybe it's not necessarily you know, spark plug, but I think it's a problem that's happening today. There's shortage in labor, right? No, nobody wants to work. No, like, you know, after pandemic, it's very difficult to get people in there. And even when you do, it's very difficult to get them engaged and give that superb customer experience, right? So as we know this, this how, what do you guys recommend, right, as, as, in order to tackle these issues? Because we have a lot of entrepreneurs, we have a lot of executives that work for retail companies, right? Different sizes, mid-size, enterprise size, whatever the case might be. But from what you guys have seen and how you have helped your clients, 
what do you see as one of the best angles in order to try to tackle this challenge? Because I think right now it's the biggest problem from a brick and mortar perspective that most retailers are facing. Yeah, 100%. I think that, um, you know, if you employ frontline service workers, ultimately you are competing with the gig economy, with DoorDash, with Uber, with Lyft. These sorts of employees have uh, other opportunities. And if you're paying them $15 an hour, um, it, it looks pretty attractive to some of those other opportunities where uh, they're going to have control over their schedule. They're going to feel uh, like, you know, real owners in, in their destiny. They're going to be able to just have that sort of flexibility and that sort of agency that so many people um, today in, in the post-COVID world are, are really attracted to and really yearning for. So in order to compete with those sorts of gig platforms, finding ways to motivate workers uh, by, you know, of course, incentives, we think are one of the most powerful ways to do that. Everyone is, is reactive to the incentives from the CEO to, um, you know, the freshest, most, um, you know, junior entry level uh, person at the, at the restaurant, perhaps. Uh, so making sure that the incentives are aligned and that those employees really have visibility into what their incentives are and, and making sure that their incentives aren't capped at just trading hours for $15, but instead giving them the understanding of how their work every single day interfacing with customers really is driving revenue for the business growth for the company. Um, and if they succeed in that, if they excel, then they can earn more money as a result. And the impact that they can, that can have on, on employees and the dignity uh, that they feel and the work that they're doing um, and the loyalty that they feel for their business is really profound. Absolutely. No, I think you hit the nail on, on the dot, right? Because absolutely the, right now there's so many options where people can make as much money as they want based on how much they want to work, right? And I think exactly what you said, if you incentivize them and give them the opportunity to make more money, right? And to not really cap that because you have those incentives in there. So it's really up to them how much of a specific product or a specific campaign they want to engage and turn around that customer into an actual purchase. I think that that's the game changer, right? And going into the into the future, the retail experience, right? What, what is your perspective on how things are going to shape up and continue to change uh, in, the, in the retail world? I think that retail is going to continue to bifurcate into two different styles of physical commerce. Um, there's the efficiency style, which is your, you know, Amazon grab and go store, get in, get out. You don't want to have to, you know, put in any effort or experience any friction. And then the other side, which is what we're really the most fascinated by and what, where we think the most innovation is going to be happening is the experiential world is saying, Hey, there's something that people are missing in their commercial experiences. And there's something that e can't really provide and technology has not yet been able to fill the gap in providing, which is that physical in-store experience, the excitement of, you know, picking up a product for the first time, the confidence that you get by making sure that it fits or that it aligns with your expectations or that a highly experienced in-store employee has been able to recommend it to you based on your use case. Um, you know, that experiential world is where we're going to see the most change and is where we're already seeing some change post pandemic, um, because those places have started to become less what they were previously, which is, you know, warehouses basically at the end of a supply chain. And instead, you know, distribution, a lot of it's happening online, it's buy online, pick up in store, it's getting delivered straight to your house once you pick it in a showroom. And these experiential environments are becoming the sort of new hub for acquiring customers and getting them, you know, locked into your ecosystem. So that, that fundamental divide, I think will define a lot of the new technologies and the new uh, employment structures that we're going to see. Um, Cause that experiential world needs great employees who are 
engaged, motivated people first. Um, you know, they, they have to be well compensated for that as well. Yeah, no, and they're, they're the pivotal part of the experience, right? It doesn't matter. I was just in uh, in uh, Florence, right? And they have this Gucci garden store and it's like a little Gucci museum, you know? Mm-hmm. But ultimately it doesn't matter how many purses of the history of Gucci were there, how many projectors and everything. When you went down into the gift shop area, right? It's really that employee, that face-to-face that makes you feel like a VIP, that makes the difference of you handing out your wallet and spending some money or just saying, great, I took some pictures and I'm leaving, you know? So absolutely. And so from, from a spark plug perspective, right? If, if guys that are, that are listening to us out there and they're thinking, hey, this might be a great product for, for my team, right? This might be a great way to start picking up sales. What's usually the turnaround timeframe in order for you guys to implement? And is the cost very big? Should, should, you know, should a retailer say, oh, if I don't if I'm not budgeting at least X, I shouldn't really be looking at this, or is this a tool that's for really everybody? We really do think of this as a tool uh, for everybody. And I think that that's um, something that we're so focused on. And, and, and of course the point of sale integration really do does make that as turnkey as it possibly gets our real value proposition. Um, you know, and like, like I mentioned is, we don't have to convince business leaders how powerful it is to motivate their employees. What we do have to convince them is that Sparkplug is the easiest way that they can possibly do that because most we find are not implementing an incentive program because it is just too time consuming the idea of rolling something out. Um, so the speed to, to go live, uh, we've focused on, you know, almost completely reducing that friction with the integrations and getting it to about 90% of employee uptake within two weeks. And we've done that by having, um, you know, reaching them where they are working with businesses to understand their culture, their communication. Most often these employees, um, you know, are are not going to want to download an app or create an account or remember a password or have to deal with logging in every time they want to just update their stats. And they're certainly not going to be taking a picture of the receipt every time they make a sale to to mail it into somebody. So by tracking that automatically, texting out to those employees, their standings, their earnings, letting them know uh, when they have a prize to redeem and then Venmoing it right to them once they've earned the prize. It is really how we get that kind of go live date um, down to days rather than weeks or months, which is really unique for for software uh, in the kind of retail and hospitality space. Um, and from a pricing standpoint, uh, Sparkplug is intentionally within reach for small, medium-sized businesses who want to introduce a program like this. Um, on average, we land at around 100 bucks per location per month uh, subscription fees for Sparkplug to implement. Um, that includes, you know, than paying for their incentives to their employees. Uh, but the incentive model and the incentive approach can, can really just differentiate so much depending on the business, their margin, their team. Some teams are real competitive and just putting a hundred dollars uh, to the top seller or the individual with the highest order average at the end of the month is going to drive serious results. And some are more collaborative where they want to work as a team, or maybe you do a manager, a manager incentive. So we focused really heavily on the customizability of the tool um, to, to really meet our customers where they are and how they want to motivate their teams in a way that's equitable, um, but also, you know, really, really revenue generating at the end of the day. And, and I'm assuming- one of the most powerful. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was just going to mention yeah. one of the most powerful pieces of that, of that budget structure is that we can also incorporate the vendors uh, that are on the other side of the equation. So if a retailer or a restaurant doesn't have the budget to say sponsor their own incentive for their employees, Maybe that's a hundred bucks to the employee who sells the most appetizers this month. 
they can actually bring their vendor into it, whoever sells them the chicken wings for that appetizer and say, hey, do you want to sponsor this incentive? And we have a full built out infrastructure for them to be able to have their vendors of you know CPG products, apparel, shoes, food, anything that that vendor is creating and selling in wholesale to the retailer, they can sponsor an incentive for. Um, and Sparkplug makes that absolutely incredibly easy. So you can, as a retailer or restaurant, take advantage of the fact that you know you could be running an incentive program totally for free and be paying your employees effectively a dollar, two dollars, five dollars an hour more um, without actually having to put any money on the table. Uh, which is mm-hmm. one of the most powerful aspects of the platform, I think. Sorry to interrupt. Wow, that sounds phenomenal. That sounds really, really amazing. Well, one thing I was going to ask was, I'm assuming when a retailer says, great, I want to you know, engage on this service, you guys, part of the implementation service is you kind of sit down with them, analyze their business model, you know, either fast fashion, either food, whatever the case might be, and recommend a couple of, hey, based on our history and our previous clients, these are the best type of campaigns or these are the best type of incentivization programs that we recommend to you? Or is it really, here you go, and it's it's open bar and you select however you want? We're definitely pretty high touch with our customers and working with them to, to dial in a strategy that works. Um, I often equate incentive marketing, uh, the kind of category and lever that, that we're pioneering with Sparkplug to email marketing. Um, and 20 years ago, email marketing looked very different. There was only so much personalization you could do when it came to the copy and the creative. Um, and it was kind of one size fits all to a list of 20,000 buyers. You're sending them the same email today with the tools that exist, you can get so fine tuned with the timing of the emails, the creative, the messaging, uh, really every, this, this color of the buttons, because you've AB tested, uh, that, that some customers are more responsive to, to one sort of, uh, you know, version of the call to action versus another. Um, and so we've taken that same, same approach to incentive and incentive marketing with Sparkplug and giving our customers real, real, um, you know, fine control over, over the ways that they're motivating their employees, because it's not just a dollar commission because at the end, then it just becomes kind of a race to the bottom, similar to how discounts can, can become just a dollar off versus $2 off. And we don't want incentives ever to become a dollar commission versus a $2 commission. So with the tool being able to provide that flexibility and the configurability to mess with the timing of the incentive campaign, uh, again, manager based, individual based, whether it's contest competitive, um, really does make it as much an art as it is a science. And, um, you know, coupling our tools with the with the real undeniable data uh, that comes from the point of sale and the sales um, really gives our customers a, a find, uh, you know, find controls and the ability to A-B test and iterate and find what's going to work for them. And, and we're definitely involved in that. Nice, nice. And one, one last question I'd like to ask this of everybody, you know, and, and I'll let you each go. If you have one piece of advice for all the entrepreneurs out there, for all the, you know, retail executives that listen to us, what would be the one piece of advice that you would recommend? Wow, that is a great question. I'd say um, when it comes to, I'll focus on on entrepreneurs. I think that's where uh, you know maybe uh, I can I can provide a little bit more value. I'd say um, don't be too worried about problems that you'd be lucky to have. Uh, that's a good piece of advice that someone gave me once, which is. I think relevant, honestly, to, to all different, um, you know, walks of, of business for an entrepreneur that's often thinking, 
way past where you're at in the business and saying, okay, if we structure this this way, then once we have hundred times as many customers, isn't this going to be like a little bit, you know, difficult? Is that going to be a little bit onerous? Like, yeah, maybe, but let's deal with that problem when we have a hundred times as many customers. Um, and you know, we're doing something right if we're getting to that phase. And I think somewhere that that has really popped up in my mind as it pertains to retailers is, you know, sometimes we'll get retailers saying to us, Oh, well, if spark plug, really motivates my employees and gets them super jazzed up and they're trying to sell everything, aren't the customers going to think that they're too salesy or like too pushy? Um, and that strikes me as a problem you'd be lucky to have. I'd rather have my employees working too hard to sell the product and say to them, hey, let's tone it down a little bit or let's work on some sales strategies and some sales techniques as opposed mm -hmm. to my employees are demonstrating apathy and disengagement and I don't know how to motivate them. You know, That's a much, much more difficult problem to deal with. Um, so in general, I think that's a, a good piece of advice for planning, you know, really any initiative. Yeah, no, no, I like it. I like it. You're absolutely right. A lot of times, uh, entrepreneurs particularly, right. They, they try to worry too much about tomorrow and it's like, mm -hmm. Hey, conquer today, you know, and then tomorrow you can conquer tomorrow. The sun will always come out tomorrow. So deal with the problem as you go. I, I really like it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, go for it. For me, I would say uh, also some some advice that I've gotten from a mentor is to to be smarter than your last meeting. And I think that that's something I often struggle with. Um, it, it's real easy to go into a meeting and uh, get right feedback from a customer or an investor or a potential partner and want to leave that meeting with a, with a whole new strategy and a whole new plan. Um, and finding the recurring trends from your many meetings a day uh, and isolating those and deciding what you're going to commit to and what you're going to say no to uh, is really one of the most important muscles to flex, I think, um, because ultimately the essence of good strategy uh, is saying no to a lot of things and saying yes to the few things that you feel really, really confident about. Um, so uh, remembering that and, and kind of trying to take a less reactive um, and more proactive posture, uh, I think is, is kind of good advice that would serve any entrepreneur. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I think being able and learning to say no, it, it's fundamental, right? Because a lot of times you feel that pressure and you're trying to grow your business and you're trying to develop that you want to say yes to every opportunity and you end up shooting yourself in the foot, you know? So yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Well, Jacob, Andrew, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, everybody listening out there, you know, uh, Sparkplug sounds phenomenal. If I had my own retail company, I would definitely use it. So I recommend you guys reaching out to them. We'll have the contact information right here for you guys. And worst case scenario, it doesn't work, but give it a shot. Give it a shot to incentivize your employees. I think it's the biggest challenge in retail today that is being faced and nobody's really doing anything about it. And emails and phone calls have been done for more than 15 years, and there's really no good result coming from that. So my recommendation is give this an opportunity. I think you'll get a lot of benefit out of it. The guys, thank you so much for being with us today. Really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for having us. Great conversation. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, please email us at podcast at retailcorner.live or visit our website, retailcorner.live. Looking forward to having you as our guest on our podcast. And thank you so much for listening.